everybody, this is Ashley. This is Karen. And this is The Musicals. How are you doing today, Karen? Um, I am hot. It mm -hmm. is so hot here in Iowa. It is so hot. It is so hot. Can I say it again? It is so hot. Um, Have you been outside today? Um, no, just walking from my car, the heat coming off the asphalt was crazy. Um, but I also got tricked into signing up to walk a half marathon and I have to keep training for it <laughs> in this like 90 something degree weather. And like I could get up early in the morning and walk, but then who wants to do that? And so I just wait to like later in the evening and then walk in the shade. And the whole time I'm like, stay on main roads. So like if you pass out, somebody will find you. Like literally, that's that is what I do. I don't go on trails or like like areas that I think would be deserted. Like I'm sticking on main roads so they can find my body. Karen, that's terrible. I but, know, right? It really is. It is so hot. Yeah. But good yeah. for you for signing up for a half marathon. You're gonna walk it all in one spat? Yes, I have done this. Uh, so I walked a half marathon many years ago, but it was many years ago and I was at a different point in my life. So we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take to walk 13 miles? Um, so I did it in less than four hours. It wasn't like, it wasn't like three and a half. It was like, I want to say like 3.49, I think was my time okay. to walk it. Um, I think that's like a 17 minute mile. Okay. That's something like that. Yeah. So yeah, 17 or 18 minute mile. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. Hmm. I have been watching the Olympics like a madman, um, because I love the Olympics. So that's yeah. been my entirety. And in fact, um, you and I had agreed to watch a show of my choosing um, from the comfort yeah. of our homes, and I had to carve out some time from Olympics to yeah. watch said musical, which is sad. Yeah. But there are um, some sports I don't care about, so that's when I chose to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not into it this year. I don't know. It just seems so um, so different. But I, I'm kind of an. I, I keep an eye on the results. Like I keep. I like. I'm looking at who's winning. And I love an underdog story. And I don't know what it is. I'm, maybe it's because like athlete, some athletes haven't come from some like powerhouse countries or maybe because it's the lack of fans, it's made it a little more like a level playing field or something like that. Maybe. But um, like smaller countries or like countries with fewer participants are meddling and that warms my heart. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Um, it also frustrates me that like 12 year olds are winning gold medals. And oh, they're like, I've spent my whole life working towards this, which is great. It's admirable. Yes. But also yeah. it makes me feel old. Um, there was a 46 year old gymnast though. She did not qualify for finals, but this is her yeah. last and eighth Olympics. Man, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Amazing. The, I, I remember um, seeing her every year and they're like, oh, she's pretty old for a gymnast, yeah. like every time. Well, the thing is, this is they're 14 and they've been training for their entire lives. I think when I was like three years old, I was like, oh, look, my toes, I can eat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. 
But yes, um, I chose Into the Woods, the Disney production from 2014. And I will say that I've never seen the stage production of Into the Woods. I've only seen this, um, this rendition, the Disney version. Mm-hmm. Do you want, do you want the back, the backstory of Into the Woods? I did some research, Karen. Yes, please go right ahead. Okay, um, credit to Wikipedia because that's where I got my information. Um, But Into the Woods is a collection of Brother Grimm fairy tales. So it has Cinderella, it has Jack and the Beanstalk, um, it has Rapunzel, it has the baker and his wife who are um, in something minor. I think they're not like their own story. And then there's, um, who else was there? In the stage production, there's Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. So they kind of meld all these stories together, but they're all Brother Grimm fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Um, And the book was written by James Lupine and music by um, Stephen Sondheim. So Mm -hmm. this is one of his big shows. Um, It made its Broadway debut in November of 1987, and it won three Tonys, Best Score, Book, and Actress, which was actually, three Tonys was really good that year because it was up against Phantom of the Opera, which won a ton of Tonys. So, um, yeah, and it's been on Broadway. It had the National Tour, West End. It has several revivals, and most recently, they've done, like, large park productions, like Central Park or the Hollywood Bowl kind okay. of like outdoor like art in the park kind of things yeah um one of the 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 originating role of the witch was played by bernadette peters which made my oh. made me smile because she would be uh-huh. great as the witch yeah i think um and then they talked about some of the uh the themes which we can get into when we talk um a little bit later but uh i dig it i dug a little more into sondheim because uh-huh. I'm like, I know, I know him, but why, why do I know him? He has a ton of great yes. musicals. So he's got yes. Into the Woods, he's got Company, Follies, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, which is another one that I really like. Um, a Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, A Little Night Music, Sunday in the Park with George. Those are all Sondheim musicals. Uh-huh. Um, and so he also wrote the lyrics to West Side Story and Gypsy. Yes, West Side Story. Yes, which I know you like. And he also has won more Tonys than any other composer at eight. Oh, really? Eight eight Tonys, yep. And eight Grammys. And he also won the Presidential Freedom Medal of Freedom in 2015. And then he has a theater named after him, both in New York City and on West End. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know all those things about Sondheim. I know one of our really early episodes... I don't know if we both watched it or if I just watched it. There was a like happy birthday Sondheim last year. Did you watch that concert? No, I watched the one where they did via Zoom. Yeah, that was it. That was what it was called. Okay, yeah, I watched watched some of it, honestly. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't either, but um, I do remember that was like a collection Mm -hmm. of his music and it as I was hearing the songs, even the ones I didn't know, I was like, oh, he has a theme. Like his songs sound similar. You know, you can yeah. recognize it as a Sondheim piece. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that he has that own little musical signature. 
So to dive into the 2014 production that we watched, which again was the Disney film adaptation, it was directed by Rob Marshall and adapted by James Lapine again. Um, So the original book. And then Sondheim apparently wrote two new songs for the film, but they didn't use them. So so it's all this, I shouldn't say all the same music as the stage production because they obviously cut some or maybe not obviously, but they did cut some and they did cut out a couple characters like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, changed the story minimally, I guess. Um, And in fact, I... I think you'll give me some crap for this later, but kind of a dark musical, kind of a dark movie, which is something that I tend to like. But apparently yeah. this has a, the movie has a much lighter tone than the musical. So okay. I don't know what the musical is like. Right. Um, but let's see, it was filmed in the United or Kingdom won three Academy Award, or sorry, three Academy Award nominations and three Golden Globe nominations. Uh, It grossed $213 million, which um, apparently it had a very small budget of $50 million. And so some of the actors actually took pay cuts to get it made because they thought it was a good piece to work on. Um, Let's see. Uh, other things that I thought were interesting, the director, Rob Marshall, thought that Into the Woods was a fairy tale for the post 9-11 generation, which I can sort of see. Mm. It's, it's, okay. It's very disastrous, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, yeah. But uh, that scene, yeah, okay, sure. I, I, I don't know. It, it had the highest opening weekend for a musical, which took over Mamma Mia's old record. I knew you'd like okay. that part. Um, and it debuted number two behind The Hobbit on Christmas, uh, over Christmas that year. Um, what else do I want to tell you about the movie that I noticed? Um, the stacked cost? Yes. Let's talk about the cast. First of all, I want to say there was an early development before it got to Disney. I thought this was really interesting. So in let's see in the 1990s they were going to do it and it was going to be robin williams goldie hahn Cher, danny devito and steve martin and roseanne but that never so different isn't that amazing yeah robin williams would be the baker goldie hahn would be his wife Cher is the witch danny devito is the giant steve martin is the wolf and roseanne as jack's mom okay that that never came to fruition but I just thought that was interesting and then a different in 1997 Columbia was going to um produce the film and they had Billy Crystal Meg Ryan and Susan Sarandon okay Okay. so that would be a completely different cast too but yeah yeah so this is um the 2014 Disney production Meryl Streep was the witch Yes. Emily Blunt was the baker's wife. James Corden was the baker. Anna Kendrick was Cinderella. Chris Pine was her prince. Tracy Ullman was Jack's mother. Christine Baranski uh-huh. was Cinderella's evil stepmother. Johnny Depp was the big bad wolf. He apparently normally gets, oh, did I read 50 or 20 million? And he only took 1 million. Because, like, okay, so that's what I was doing some math because I brought up about the large cost is 
if it only costs 50 million to make and you had so many um, heavy hitter actors, they must have done it for very, very little money. Because you think about like um, special effects and um, different things like that, like, like, yeah, people took major pay cuts. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, I'll read Lilia Crawford was Little Red Riding Hood, Daniel Huddlestone as Jack, um, Mackenzie Mousy was Rapunzel, and Billy Mogsnan was Rapunzel's prince. The others I won't read off. Although Milky White was played by Tug, in case you were curious. I, yeah, <laughs> excellent. But um, another, another little fun fact that I really enjoyed was apparently Meryl Streep had a personal no witch after 40 rule that she broke in order to do this with Sondheim because he was present for all of their, um, like all their musical, all their recordings. Yeah. And so it was worth it to her to break that no witch after 40 rule, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then <laughs> another fun fact was that uh, Blunt, Emily Blunt was pregnant during this, the shooting. So they oh, wow. put her in bigger costumes or whatever. And she thought that it was okay that she looked a little pudgier than normal because if she was a baker's wife, she'd be eating a lot of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But anyway, those are my, uh, that's my quick synopsis of the musical Sondheim and the, the uh, production itself. What did you think, Karen? What did you think about Into the Woods? Okay, so I didn't know anything about it at all. Um, I knew it was something fairy tale like because of the name Into the Woods. I assumed that it was just one fairy tale, though. I think I thought it was like it was going to be just Cinderella or just, you know, whoever, Sleeping Beauty or whatever. And when it starts off with Little Red Riding Hood, and I'm like, oh, it's about Little Red Riding Hood. And I'm like, two hours of Little Red, like, <laughs> Red Riding Hood. I'm like, that's a long time. And then I figured it out. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and it was different. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the music was very good. Um, no, I actually strayed away from my whole idea of getting actors to sing. Somehow I just saw this in the light of um, being more movie-like. It wasn't staged to film. Like this I saw as a standalone film. Um, I didn't do my reading because I went totally blank um, till after the fact to know that it was even just a stage production to begin with. I didn't know that at all. I just watched it and thought it was oh. like a musical written for as a movie, okay. you know, sort of for deal. So I didn't know anything about that. So I enjoyed it. Um, so Meryl Streep must have done something between Mamma Mia and this, because in this she can sing and in Mamma Mia she could not sing. Oh really? I don't remember. Oh, in Mamma Mia, it was just so horrible. I don't know, maybe it was different music or whatnot. And I actually enjoyed her in this. Um, I, I loved I would her. Say two hearty thumbs up. So for the whole, like, <clears throat> whole movie, I would watch it again. Um, mm -hmm. It was really good. I really and like I really genuinely enjoyed it. Um, the young lady who plays um, Little Red Riding Hood, she's very, very charming, very talented. Not only as a singer but as an actor. Yes, I thought she did a very good job, especially with um, to not give spoilers at the end 
um, when it's like a little bit of like, oh, what's the point, you know? I thoroughly enjoyed her delivery. Um, I thought that was really good. I just really enjoyed it. I mean, um, it's a good watch. That's what I would say. It's a good, enjoyable watch. I can't like point out to specific songs, honestly. I've only watched it once to say, oh, this one's my favorite. That one's my thing. But it was very enjoyable music. Um, the two hours moves very, very quickly. Like, it's a lot of, like, it's jam-packed. It moves at a pretty good clip. And again, at certain points, I'm like, where is this going? And so it does have, like, twists, but it's good twists. It's not, like, a twist for the sake of having a twist. I enjoyed it because it was thoughtful. That was another thing. Um that you can write it off as in, oh, it's, you know, it's a Disney fairy tale type story and it has a twist, but I thought it was done quite thoughtfully. There, that's my two cents. Speaking of the twist, did they catch you in the middle where you're like, oh, it's happily ever after? Um, Yeah, because I didn't know anything. (laughs) So, and, and that was the deal where like, I even like, because it was moving at such a good clip and I'm like, this is moving really quickly. And I um, I downloaded it from Amazon Prime and I hit pause and I'm like, but we're only halfway through where <laughs> is this going, you know, sort of a deal. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. And it, I also enjoyed like playing the guessing game of what the stories were. Um, Rapunzel was actually one of my favorites uh, uh, growing up like one of my favorite stories uh, growing up and so it was fun trying to like ID the stories within the story you know and what's going on and like you know oh Jack and the Beanstalk oh what ha- what's supposed to happen next etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah we'll be right back there just wanted to take a quick moment to ask you to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening rate us and review us and that helps other listeners find us and also lets us know what it is you like about our podcast find us on facebook at the musicals or email us at desmusicals at gmail.com tell us what you think about the shows that we've reviewed or recommend a show for us to watch and we'd be happy um, to take your input reach out to us we'd love to hear from you Bye. Yeah, I, so I don't remember when I saw it. I don't, maybe I saw it in theaters. I'm not sure. Okay. But I know that I definitely bought the soundtrack and I've listened to it ever since. Um, there are so many good songs. Okay. Um, it, it's a very catchy a lot of them are really catchy. Um, I'm looking here at the the list and there's just so many that I like that it seems yeah. silly to list them all off. But I, I also like there's different kinds of music, I guess. So like the, the wolf has more of a jazzy song. Yeah. So that kind of goes with his, I mean, his scene. And so that's a different feel. But like the last midnight is a really good one. Agony is really f- kind of funny. Honestly, when the two princes are singing about how they can't get their princesses. Sure. Um, yeah, I like the Hello Little Girl. 
with the wolf um th just even the into the woods song where they have all of these different characters saying i wish and this is what they're all wishing and how they all come uh -huh. together and they um kind of meld on top of each other and then they build together uh, i yeah, think that's yeah. a really neat way to do it um i really like uh lilia did a good job with the i know things now the little red riding hood song yeah and the giants in the sky song it always makes me smile the one that jack sings and then like the baker and his wife have the it takes two i really like that one on the steps of the palace i like so i really like anna kendrick as a performer okay and actually to back up just a minute you were like i don't like it when they take actors and make them singers we've talked about this before yes but a lot of these actors actually had broadway roots right so James True. Corden, for sure. Yeah. Um, and Anna Kendrick, she started on Broadway when she was small. Um, I forget what her production was, but she was like a child Broadway star. And okay, uh, I never knew that. Yeah, I, I listened to her memoir. I listened to her memoir. I can't remember what it was. She lived in Maine and she would go, she would travel down there. And I can't remember what musical it was um but i also like her in pitch perfect because it's a guilty pleasure thing and i just really like her i just think that we would be friends and obviously she would be a fun time so <laughs> she but, was in high society in 1998 okay. so she was um so she was born in 85 so 98 would be what 14. yeah i thought there was something else anyway um, she, but she was also in a little, uh, a little night music. Oh, so that's Sondheim. Yep, and that but was she, in two thousand and three. Okay, so she had a Broadway background. I guess the others didn't, but those are two of the leads. Oh, she got yeah, she got a uh, Tony um, nomination for High Society. Okay. So yeah, she began her career as again. Thank you, Wikipedia as a child in theater productions. Yeah, yeah. Her book is called Scrappy Little Nobody. Um, it was a decent listen. Okay. I didn't read it, I listened to it, but it was good. Um, yeah, so anyway, and then it's interesting too, at the end, I don't know if you tried to follow it, but there's a song where they try and figure out whose fault it is. And I, every time I yes. hear it, I'm like trying to follow the train of thought. I'm like, oh no, they're right. It's that person's fault. I'm like, no, wait, now it's that person's fault. Oh no, wait, I don't know. And then it really ends with this, I think kind of a powerful song, the no one is alone song. Um, uh -huh. About how no one is alone. And uh, even though like all these characters, their lives have kind of been turned upside down, they still can rely on each other to fill in those gaps. And when earlier when I was talking about the post 9-11 generation, that was what he was referencing was this, no one is alone, even though when we feel alone, we can all band together with what okay. remains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, another thing I liked, and we talked about this in some of the context, oh, I think in the Heights, the whole idea of um, choosing your own family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was another thing that kind of came through with this as well, too. Yeah, another another kind of storyline was that um, they all wish something 
And they almost all got what they wished for, but then they didn't actually want it. Wanted, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That one makes me think a lot because how often is that true in life? You know what I mean? And yep. I, I don't know. It's a thinker. Like you have this goal or what you think it is you want, but you get there and you realize that it didn't change anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. You still have the same problems you did before that happened <laughs> or, or perhaps new ones. Well, um, as I always say, you can't run from crazy. <laughs> like, I, and what I mean by that, and I mean this is the, like, and I say this for myself, is the whole idea of, like, what's within you, you have to change what's within you. You can change your circumstances, mm. but a lot of times you can't change what's within you, you know? Like, it's not going to help what's within you. Yeah. So. I found the baker's wife very likable. I thought... Um... Emily Blunt did a really good job of making her likable. So even when she, uh, when she meets the prince and has her little tryst in the woods or whatever, I still like her. I'm like, of course, she's fangirly. Hi, he's hot. She's had a thing um, for the whole time. No, no, I don't. I didn't like her. What? You didn't? For exact for that exact reason, I did not like her. For that, I'm like I you did the baker wrong you know yeah no I did not like that and the other thing is I'm not a huge like Chris Pine fan to be honest I don't think I've ever seen a single Chris Pine movie so I don't like I can't think of a single Chris Pine movie that I've seen and so mm -hmm. maybe that's why I was like meh it's just Chris Pine <laughs> um sort of a deal and so I um I mean I was I was all about like the baker and the baker's wife being happy and whatnot and so um when that happened I was like betrayal but I don't think the baker and his wife were ever happy because I, he was very protective wasn't the right word because he was bumbling like he needed her but at the same yeah. time he didn't want to let her help and he said it was because she wanted to keep her safe but didn't feel that way you know what I yeah. mean um i didn't i didn't I love the baker he had insecurities ashley absolutely he did yes. That's all, he was a ball of insecurity <laughs> but i did like i don't i don't know how other interpretations have been of the baker but james corden made yeah. him kind of funny you know what i mean yeah, which made him more likable there was yeah. one part where he like st he stole little red riding hood's hood and he like yeah. walks away and he's off screen for a little bit. And then he comes back. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. This is yours. Yeah. And that made me <laughs> laugh so hard. <laughs> but I also really liked Meryl Streep. I thought she did a great job. But yes, I love how she looked when she transformed from the old hag into like the young, yeah. beautiful witch. The costuming, the makeup, the hair. She looks so gorgeous. Um, she was wonderfully intimidating without being scary. Like I felt her power and like, you know, the intimidation, but I didn't think she was like super scary. I mean, I, granted I'm an adult watching this, but you know what I mean? Like it was, um, I felt it was very measured. That's what I should say. It was a measured performance. And I really liked that. And what I liked is she did such a stellar job and she like shone so well in the role, but she didn't overshadow other people. Like I felt like, 
I, I, and I like that. I think that's the mark of a good actress that um, you're able to stand in the spotlight, but when the spotlight moves, you know, you let it move. So, so yeah. Um, I have I have two children who were sort of watching the show with me. Yes. And they both thought the witch was very scary. So oh, anytime she was on the, no, it's fine. I did not find her scary, but they yes. would like go and turn their backs. Like, let me know when she's gone. And oh. I remember the opening song is like 10 minutes long or something. Like, uh -huh. Is she gone yet? And I was like, nope, nope. She's still here. <laughs> yeah. um, but they didn't stick around to the end to see if she was beautiful at the end. But yeah. um, one thing I read that maybe uh, speaks to why you're saying the witch is so even keel is that she's kind of seen as the moral ambivalence in the story. So okay. she has a line where she says, I'm not good, I'm not bad, I'm just right. Okay. Or I'm not good, I'm not nice, I'm just right. When they're like, okay. we can't give the boy. And she's like, you have to. Like, that's the only choice you have. Uh -huh. And so she's just kind of the moral compass. Or maybe not moral compass, but she's just society saying, this is how it is. What you gonna do? Yeah, like, and I think maybe that's what I mean by she wasn't scary is because um, I saw her as being, I didn't see her as being terribly vindictive. I saw her being more as a realist. Yeah. That's that's how I saw, and yes, especially with, you know, uh, the situation where you gotta make this trade. Well, what's gonna cause the least amount of issues for everybody? Here you right. go. Right. It's like so, one person dies or everybody dies. What do you pick? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a in a twisted way for the greater good. Right. Right. So, Which yeah. you don't expect coming from her, right? Yeah. Because she's yeah. a witch, so you expect her to be bad. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because it's a it's a twisted way of um for the greater good because it was the individualism and selfishness of the characters who kind of brought the situation on. Like you yeah. think about it that way is that, um, yeah, things turned bad because they all got what they wanted as individuals. Right, right. And so. all these little things led to a very big problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I enjoyed seeing faces I recognized. So uh, like, um, I did know that, uh, you know, I knew the heavy hitters were in there. Like I knew Anna Kendrick and I knew like James Corden and Emily Blunt and, you know, Meryl Streep. But I, I didn't know Chris Pine was in there, even though this is the first Chris Pine movie I've seen. Um, <laughs> but Tracy Allman was in it and I kept looking at her playing Jack's mother. And I'm like, is that Tracy Allman? Oh, it is. <laughs> so I got a little bit of a kick out of that as well, too. Where should I know Tracy Allman from? Okay, you have to know Tracy Ullman. So um, The Simpsons got their first start on the Tracy Ullman show. And I was too young for that. Like we were too young for the original, you know, sort of a deal. But she does skit comedy and she does this, like um, these little vignettes, I guess is the word, sketches. That's the word, sketches um, of the British royal family. And it's so funny like so funny you can google them and she does all these little like different like she is so good at like mimicry and things like that but um she does this whole sketch 
about like um, Camilla Parker Bowles is driving a Land Rover and the Land Rover dies. So she treats it like a horse. And so she pulls out a gun and shoots it. And like, it's so funny. Like, it is so funny. Um, As she herself has admitted that she probably won't get any honors from the royal family (laughs) because all the sketches she's done about them. Um, But yeah, that's how I know her. And like, yeah, just Google her and the stuff will show up. So yeah. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know Johnny Depp was in it. Um, so that was another little bit of a surprise. And when I saw him, I'm like, oh, this is so Johnny Depp. Like, you know, this, do this. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you think of his costume? I just remember his hat. Yeah. Right. He had a hat and probably a tail. I don't. My five-year-old kept going, that is a man dressed up like a wolf. It is not a wolf. And I was, th- and that made me think, I was like, well, I just figured that it probably was reminiscent of what you would see on stage. But yeah. can you imagine if he showed up in a wolf costume? That would have been ridiculous. Um, so, because he was the only, because the cow was a cow. The cow didn't have lines. No, the he cow was, was the a cow. Only, yeah, he was the only person who was non-human who was an animal, right? Like something yes. else? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So my guess is they went with that. So they leaned more human. Anthropomorphic. Sure. Yeah. He has a song yeah. he has to sing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Christine Baranski. She was a nice oh, oh, extra. Yes. yes. I forgot about her. Yes. That was a nice surprise. Yeah. I just like when she's cutting off everybody's feet to make them fit into the no. shoe. <laughs> was oh that was cringy for me because that was one that I was just like okay it was a little too real <laughs> what well, it's like they would do it and then she'd walk outside and they're like no never mind like well now she doesn't have a foot yeah. <laughs> oh that made me laugh a lot actually was there anyone else that surprised you that you knew um, no, I'm looking through here a little set of names as well, too. Um, no, I kept thinking I should know who the giant's wife was. I'm um, trying to figure that out, too. But did we yeah, ever see her uh, face or just, like, nose down? Yeah, it was nose down. But I kept thinking I would I recognize the voice from somewhere. Um, but I did not recognize the voice from in, somewhere. Um, I think I just... I think I just imagined it. I'm looking through her, um, like how I would know her through um, like other programs, you know what I mean? She's won a Tony and three-time Olivier Award. Let's see. She's Miss Ruth Jones in the television sitcom Rising Damp. Never heard of it. She's in Uh, Harry Potter. She's... Is she is she tall? She plays like a giant in um, uh, Harry Potter as well. I think I know you said it's scary for your kids, so it's probably um, before you watch it as a family. There's a like a warning to parents with young children, but I think it's pretty family friendly. I do too. Um, my yeah. kids are kind of pansies. Um, yeah. But, I, and, um, and there's stories that they recognize, so they get invested in it, too. Yes. You know what I mean? 
I also liked the fact that it turns the whole idea of the princess ideal on its head. Um, the in the sense of like the whole idea of like happily ever after. Oh, sure. Um, uh, sort of a deal. I liked the fact that um, Cinderella, like how Cinderella's in the end shows strength, you know, and how when circumstances go south, that sort of a deal. So I like that part. I think it was empower. I, I, I think it is a good show to show children, maybe not young children, but the whole idea of this whole like happily ever after take it with a grain of salt mm -hmm. so, yeah well and in in terms of fairy tales i'd say it's somewhat women empowering because the baker's <laughs> wife is a strong female yeah. lead and so yeah. cinderella is too i mean she doesn't want to be the damsel in distress she wants to take control of her life yep and i think that's I, like yeah i was stopping because i was like am i reading 20 like reading 2021 into something that came out in 1986 you know sort of a deal but yeah, I think so. I, I felt that way as well, too, is that um, even Ride Riding Hood, you know, yeah. she was a, um, you know, a, a well-rounded female, you know, character. So, yeah. Yeah, I would be interested to see how they do some of the things on stage. Like, I would definitely see it if it came around on stage. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how it would differ a little bit. I mean, it's a pretty big cast too, but I, I technically you never see the giant's castle or anything like that in the movie. So you could bypass that in the stage version as well. But I think it might be difficult to do some of the scenes and I would be interested to see the stage staging for that. So I was wondering about that as well too, after I figured out that it actually had been on stage. <laughs> so I assume like the, um, the the all the what's the phrase background set and there has to be a theatrical mm -hmm. term for it but this default mm -hmm. set is the woods yeah like it's like it's that the woods will always be there and then the moving parts are the individual scenes because if you pull it apart you need a tower for rapunzel you need a castle Mm -hmm. But those, you know, you just roll in and roll out, you know, and mm -hmm. you have a beanstalk that shows up sometimes. That's true. But and the majority of it, yeah, is is the woods, you know, and you change your lighting to, mm -hmm. like, because uh, Little Red Riding Hood and the uh, the wolf, yeah, essentially the woods, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's a house, but yeah. So. Yeah, and now I'm just thinking, uh, after they got their midway happy ending, then yes. they got they would go back into the woods, which they used to know very well, but then it got all mixed up. So I'm now just kind of connecting the dots of um, them getting lost in a place that used to be familiar with their new circumstances. I mean, oh, I, think, I, that. I think the underlying thing was supposed to be that the giant messed up the woods, but... I'm wondering if there was deeper implications there that they, like I said, their their circumstances changed, so now they're unfamiliar yeah. in a familiar place. I didn't even think about that. I just took it very literally that the giant being mad, like, just made a mess. I could be reading yeah. too much into it too. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs>
But I was just thinking on stage if you like then mix up the trees so that it looks similar but not the same. Yeah. And you could do that with lighting, like, you know, something related to like it looking more sinister. Yeah. So. Yeah, this yeah. is one that it'd be fun to watch in a community theater setting too, I think. And I know they have like an Into the Woods Junior for like high school productions and such. So oh, okay. I would love to yeah. see it. And I, would too. I haven't seen the movie in a while. I'm really glad it held up. I'm really glad that you liked it, Karen, because yeah. after Billy Elliot, I was hoping that my recommendation would be a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm never going to live Billy Elliot down. I have like two strikes because the producers had, did not age well. Apparently I had forgotten because that's in my top six. And maybe hey, I'm in a different part of my life now. It's fine. I picked uh, falsettos and that wasn't great. So oh, it yeah, good point. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was like, that was really a tough watch. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm glad you enjoyed Into the Woods. Thank, Thank you for you. watching it with me. I yes. give it two thumbs up for sure. I say watch yes. it. It's on Disney Plus. You saw it on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, I saw it on Prime. Yeah, so I think it's pretty accessible too. Yes, is it is. Yeah. What do you want to watch next, Karen? Um, I don't know. I know that uh, coming up in August, which is like now, um, is the Wicked concert. Oh, that's right. I, I can't remember what date we said it was. 26, maybe? Don't remember. And um, there's that. But in terms of what to watch next, I'm not picking. I'm a, I have picked bad ones. So you pick another one. I know you mentioned wanting to find the full Monty if they've done a, um, a film version of the full Monty, but I don't think they have. I couldn't find one the other day when I was looking because I would like to see the full, full Monty again. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, I've only seen the movie of that. I haven't seen the actual production. Like mm. musical is what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm doing some Googling right now. We could do Beth Midler and Gypsy. It's a classic. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Beth Midler and Gypsy. Got it. Midler and Gypsy. Alrighty. Thanks for watching with me, Karen. Yep. Sounds good. It was a very good choice. I was yes. very, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I'd watch it again. Good. I'm glad I found you something to mindlessly watch some other time. Yes. Yep. Okay. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Just want to tell you about some of the great theater that's happening in the Des Moines Metro this summer. The Des Moines Playhouse has several shows. Godspell is running July 22nd through 25th and August 5th through 8th under their big tent. Polka Dots, the Cool Kids Musical, um, is running July 17th, 24th, 31st, and August 7th. Those are Saturday morning shows under the Big Tent. Plaza Suite is premiering July 16th through 18th, also running July 29th through August 1st. And FAE Rides Again is one night only on July 27th. Get your tickets for those shows at dmplayhouse.com. The 
Tallgrass Theater is doing an evening with Sondheim on July 17th. Urbandale Community Theater is doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat July 23rd through August 1st. Hoyt Sherman Place is doing Jazz in July on Tuesdays. And then the Des Moines Performing Arts has some outdoor family events that are free this summer. Um, They already had the water bombs in June, but July 16th and 17th is a concert and a movie with Terrence Simeon and the Zydeco Experience and the Princess and the Frog. So on the 16th, it's at Jamie Heard Amphitheater in West Des Moines. On July 17th, it's at the Riviera Amphitheater in Riverview Park, Des Moines. Thursday, August 5th through Sunday, August 8th, is Ants by Polyglot Theater, which are pop-up performances in city parks in Des Moines, Urbandale, and West Des Moines. Um, so those are daily. There's four shows a day. Um, check out dmpa.org for details on where they will be and what those times are. There are three more shows. Um sorry, two more shows for the free outdoor family series from Des Moines Performing Arts coming in September. Uh, Somos Amigos concert um, is September 23rd and 24th. And Friday, September 3rd through Sunday, September 5th is the Squonk Hand-to-Hand Spectacle Concert Experience in Cowles Commons. So again, if you want more information on those free outdoor family events, um, check out dmpa.org. Get out there. Enjoy the theater that Des Moines has to offer this summer.